The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and it is time to recap Match day number one of the 2022-23 UEFA Champions League tournament. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I don't even know where to start, quite frankly, because there's so many surprising results, shocking results, you know, uh, you know, then again, expecting the unexpected, let's be honest, that's the freaking Champions League for you. It's been said numerous times, and it's been said only just once again. But you know what? Let's go ahead and start with a shocker, shall we? Dynamo Zagreb beating Chelsea. And I actually spoke about this in my previous episode about the addressing of Chelsea's firing of Thomas Tuchel. Okay? <laughs> but this game, I don't even know, like, exactly because there's so many reasons as why this game went wrong. Okay? You know, you ask yourself, where does it all go wrong? But Chelsea's been kind of been a downfall for a long time. I mean, they have not played good at all this season, especially in Premier League play. <laughs> but looking at the stats, you know, Chelsea had 68% ball possession, three shots on target, and none of them went in. And it's interestingly enough, Dynamo Zagreb had three shots on target, and only one time they were able to make it count. Hmm. <laughs> You know, a total of 15 shots for Chelsea and 6 for Dynamo Zagreb. You know, both with a 50% shot accuracy. And, you know, according to Goal.com, I mean, 7 offsides for Chelsea. And neither team had a big chance. So the game was pretty dull. But Dynamo Zagreb put the ball into the back of the net and took the lead in the 13th minute. And, you know, and that was it. <laughs> the game was decided early. And, you know, those, those particular situations, it's... uh. Not good at all. But, you know, Chelsea just doing their best to just, you know, find the equalizer and try to find the game winner. It's, you know, 29 crosses and five successful crosses. I mean, that, that just did not do its job. And, you know, a total of 26 clearances by Dynamo Zagreb. I mean, that is unbelievable. I mean, 10 interceptions, 8 blocks. 
I mean, Dynamo Zagreb's defense is just, you know, resilient, fearless, literally looking at a giant like Chelsea and saying, bring it on, tough guy, and bam. (laughs) You know, again, you know, when I spoke about in the previous episode about uh, Coach Thomas's tactics, you know, of course, I quoted my my friend and my support, loyal supporter, Mr. Joe Maver, and... Again, the use in the formations, I mean, that pretty much told the story, and uh, it's pretty safe to say that it told the story in this particular episode, so, you know, I know it is what it is. Uh, uh, you know, I, I gotta take a look at the lineup, I, I mean, because uh, I'm just kind of like, how the hell did this happen? You know, Fafana actually was in the starting lineup, you know, we got... Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling also, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang also. Oh, Jorginho didn't even start, and Edouard Mendy was actually benched. <laughs> I actually remember right before the game started, there was actually a headline. I think this added to the controversy as well, the fact that Edouard Mendy was benched. But then again, you know, some would say Edouard Mendy has been struggling too. But do you really go into this game wanting to bench Edouard Mendy? I mean... Coach Thomas felt the need, and, you know, he did what he felt had to be done. You know, Christian Pulsic was not in the starting lineup, although he came in in the 75th minute to uh, to, re- to relieve Raheem Sterling. I mean, Pierre-Omerick Aubameyang started, but came out in the 59th minute and and uh, was in the player in Broja, I hope, or Broja, I hope I'm saying it correctly, came in. And, you know, Jorginho came in in the, in the 59th minute as well, so... Uh, yeah, I I think a little bit of the starting lineup too was was a little bit in question, but you know, uh, you know, Aspeliqueta, you know, back there in the defense along with Fofana, Kuli, Bilali, and Chilwell, it's uh, it's overwhelming. You know, Ruben Loftus Cheek, you know, never came, in, never saw any action in the game. Said the whole time is an unused substitute. So, oh man, man, oh man, oh man. And I and I gotta mention you know, a couple of facts about Chelsea is that Chelsea have lost three consecutive away games for the first time under Thomas Tuchel. And the last time they had done that was also was in December of 2020 when the team was under the management of Frank Lampard. You know, the team was still a major disaster. It was right before Lampard was dismissed, and then, you know, Tom, Thomas was still the manager at Paris Saint-Germain. He was dismissed from the French capital, so... Yeah, how about that? I mean, of course, of, of course these... Um, of course, these, you know, came out right, right, before, right before the decision to fire the guy, and... And I should have mentioned, you know, this was Thomas's 100th game in charge of Chelsea. And, you know, we will remember in the first 50 games, Chelsea had conceded only 24 goals. And then in the last fi- and then in the previous 50, they mentioned that Chelsea conceded 53 goals. So how interesting that in, a, in 100 games, after 100 games, Thomas is sacked. Okay, in his first 50 games, Chelsea concedes 24 times. But the next 50, they concede 53 times. <laughs> Now that is an absolute freaking meltdown. So Chelsea loses one to zero, and they at the bottom of their group. So I'm not gonna go through detail by detail through every game, but let's go and talk through. You know, Dortmund, you know, easily beating Copenhagen three to zero. Not too much to say about that, but you know, seeing Jude uh, Jude Bellingham, the English teenager, you know, actually added a, a goal in the 83rd minute. So that's a little, little, little bit interesting, and you know. And speaking of Jude Bellingham, you know that's why I love Opta Joe. Opta Joe always brings up the interesting facts. Jude Bellingham actually made his 17th appearance in the UEFA Champions League. Okay, and no English teenager had ever made more in a competition. 
Hmm. He made 17, and then another teenager, T.O. Walcott, also had made that times made 17 appearances. So, be a teenager and make a total of 17 appearances in the UEFA Champions League. I mean, that's actually something you got to be very, very, very proud of, especially if you're a teenager. I mean, the manager trusts you enough due to your hard work and your worth that your your work ethic and your attitude to allow you to have playing time. I mean, you should be proud of yourself in that particular situation. So, so props to Borussia Dortmund. Uh, went up here a little bit. You know, Benfica, you know, beating Maccabi Haifa at home. You know, first, you know, it looked like the game was a little bit dull, but then, you know, in the 49th minute, Benfica takes a lead and then doubles it about five minutes later, and then that was kind of it. So, really not much to say about that particular game. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, moving on, let's see. You know, <laughs> Manchester City beating Sevilla. Hmm. Should mention, Erling Haaland scores a brace. I mean, Erling. See, this is what I was talking about. See, Erling Haaland scores those hat trick against those teams in the Premier League, and then I said, let's see if he can do that in the Champions League, and let's see if he can do that against the bigger clubs. I mean, now Sevilla is, you know, still is Sevilla, Sevilla. You know, I mean, you know, their success in the Europa League can't be ignored, but Erling Haaland scoring goals, you know, now in the in the tougher environment in the Champions League. And speaking of Erling Haaland, check this out. Erling Haaland is the fourth player in the UEFA Champions League history to score in his first appearance for three different teams. Huh. Check this out. Let me say it again. Erling Haaland is the fourth player in UEFA Champions League history to score in his first appearance for three different teams. In the Champions League, too. Huh. First appearance in the Champions League, he scored for three different teams. Salzburg, Borussia Dortmund, and now Manchester City. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic is an, is another member of this elite list, but also Erling Haaland. Now check this out: Erling Haaland is the first Manchester City player to score on both his Premier League debut as well as Champions League debut for Manchester City. And since I know that Joe Maver is listening to this now, I know Joe's got a huge smile on his face right there. Not simply because, of course, I'm acknowledging the fact that Erling Haaland is doing great, but you know, I remember I told Joe that. I'm going to take it easy with Erling Haaland. I'm not going to rush the guy. And now I would say to him that Erling Haaland is doing well. And I would say, you see, Joe, when you don't rush the guy, you let him be himself. You let him gain his confidence in his own way. He is going to give you the best results. The best way to say it is, if you let Erling Haaland take his time to learn, Erling Haaland is going to give you more than his simple best. I mean, Erling Haaland is going to be simply more than Erling Haaland. I mean, he's just going to outshine himself. He's going to over-accomplish, you know, you know, I don't even know how to say it. I mean, he's going to do more than we could ever anticipate, and you know, and that's Erling Holland for you. I mean, Erling Holland is going to over deliver, and I, and that's not a bad thing at all. So that's awesome. You know, I should have mentioned this about Jude Bellingham. You know, Jude Bellingham is the first teenager to score in three different UEFA Champions League campaigns. Fit the first English teenager again to score in three different Champions League campaigns. Wow! 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 <laughs> oh boy you know of course and I'm reminded you know Thomas Tuchel the, the 100 games and everything so oh man you know, cha- you know and there's, you know, Manchester City you know, after, you know Ruben Diaz you know Phil Foden also scored so you know it's 4 nothing win for uh, for Manchester City you know re- really well deserved and I want to take actually look at you know of, of these uh, specific you know game uh, stats from the game between Manchester City and um and Sevilla, 
If I may, if I may, if I may, and yes, I can, actually. I can do anything I want. <laughs> Just sometimes the computer messes up a little bit. Well, I mean, a, a little bit of the uh, tough part is um, 10 shots on target for Manchester City, and they made it count four times. I mean, it's not, not so bad, but, you know, but still, you know, Manchester City is really... The way I see it, this is actually something I spoke to Joe about. I mean, Joe and I have a lot of brilliant and passionate and sophisticated soccer discussions. I mean, that's kind of what we are. We talk soccer and we we kind of go with soccer in, in the sophisticated way. But, you know, I, 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 and Joe actually kind of basically said that, you know, when, when Manchester City has a lot of shots on target and they can't cash in on all of them, it's a little bit disappointing considering all the talent they have. I said, well, you know, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, it's not going to go in each time, but but then, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I mean, Joe hasn't specifically done this, but when Joe kind of reminds, you know, with all the talent that, that's that's there for Manchester City, I mean, you it, it basically, now you feel like, yeah, he, he it's understandable because, you know, there's Jack Grealish, Erling Haaland, Phil Foden, you know, all those guys and, and the shots, you know, not, and, I mean, not every single shot's going to go in, but, and, and that's not what Joe expects. I mean, Joe just expects the... Um, the track record to be a little bit to be a little bit higher, but then at the end of the day, I would tell Joe, look, they scored four goals, they won the game. Erling Holland, you know, continues to you know is continuing to you know to do better and better and better, and I'm pretty sure that's going to inspire the other players to keep doing it better and better and better. And then Manchester City will be completely unstoppable, and the Champions League title could very well be headed to Manchester City. Well, it could very well belong to Manchester City, but uh, that honestly remains to be seen. I've seen that the starting lineup. Phil Foden and Erling Holland and Jack Grealish were, were, de were definitely st had started, and hmm. you know Foden and Holland actually were pulled out of the game in the 70th minute, and you know Grealish was pulled out eight minutes earlier. You know, so you know it, it was really good. You know, Pep Guardiola kind of taking the precautionary measures. I mean, the, the the best player you know had basically scored his two goals, so you know, like he he basically you know did his job, so. The, the, so basically, yeah, you know what? Just go, let's go ahead and pull him out, and you know, let him rest. Because of course, you know, you don't want to risk any injuries, you know, like that. So, anyway, so good, good for uh, good on Manchester City. I don't know why you know off the Joe's, you know, continuing to show the stuff about Thomas. I mean, biggest headline is that he got fired. So now we get to Real Madrid. Well, well, there's a bit of a sad news. Well. It's definitely a bit of bad news, but it, I don't think it's much to worry about. But Kareem Benzema was actually pulled out of the game at halftime and because uh, he had picked up an injury. And I, I think it was today it was announced that it was di officially diagnosed as a quad injury and that Kareem Benzema would actually be out for a month. Now, as far as Champions League play goes, it's honestly probably nothing really to worry about because, you know, Real Madrid will play their they'll play their next game there now the next game I'm I'm not um excuse me the the next uh, Champions League game for Real Madrid is going to be against RP Leipzig which is which is um at home so obviously Benzema won't be playing that game so uh, look looking at it like like that and you know now the fact that Benzema is out for a month I mean I'd imagine you know because in game in game three. Real Madrid will be playing Shakhtar Donetsk as well, and then in match four it will be the rematch with Shakhtar Donetsk. So, I'd imagine that he's that Benzema is going to make his return to the club, you know, for the for the uh, game four of the UEFA Champions League group stage on October 11th. 
So you know, and even in La Liga play, the only game you know that Real Madrid, you know, like Real Madrid plays Mallorca in the next one, and then they got Atletico Madrid on the road on September eighteenth. So the that's the only game that you know that Los Blancos have to worry about. I mean, although you know those other games, you know, still got to take them seriously. So so basically, the point is, Kareem Benzema is not gonna is I mean, he's gonna be absent, but his absence really should not even be a problem at all. So considering that Real Madrid is so loaded, I mean. Yeah, that's why I say it should be no problem whatsoever. And even though it says he's going to be out for a month, I mean, even if it has to be a little bit longer, I mean, you know, the last thing that, that Real Madrid needs is Benzema reaggravating an injury and then being out even longer. So, I mean, Benzema is going to be needed, you know, especially, you know, for the knockout stages. So, so Benzema's going to have to heal well and heal properly, and you don't want to rush the process. So, anyway, there's that. So that that game, honestly, I mean, for the most part, it was a zero a zero zero draw, especially going to halftime. And I was kind of like thinking, man, this is this is actually turned out to be a little bit tough, you know, for Real Madrid. But but Vinicius Junior finally, you know, breaks the 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 deadlock and then make and then makes it one nothing in the fifty sixth minute, only for Luka Modric, who's still playing at such a high elite level, to double the lead. Uh, it's two and it's two to zero, and then. And then, of course, none other than Eden Eden Hazard, you know, makes it three to zero in the seventy seventh minute. And you know, Eden Hazard, you know, fifty appearances for the club, and you know, all the injuries and everything from Eden Hazard. And I mean, he you know, he scores a Champions League goal right there. So I was a little bit bummed that you know I, I saw in the uh, starting lineup, you know, Aurelien Chouameni started, although he he came out, but uh, Kamavinga, you know, and it's, it's interestingly enough, you know. <clears throat> in corner of this, Chuameni came out of the game in the semi-first minute, and then you know he he, he was replaced by uh, Eduardo Camavinga. So a little bit like you know, the the tag team duo that I always like to envision. Yeah, you know it's it's like this. Yeah, tag in and out like that. So <laughs> now Eden Azal actually came in in the thirtieth minute because Benzema was actually pulled out in the in the thirtieth minute. So. Yeah, so for the most part, you know, so seeing Eden Hazard, you know, score that game, and you know, Eden Hazard was able to make it through the the rest of the game. There was a couple of other early substitutions. You know, Antonio Rudiger, who started on the bench, came in and, and relieved Eder Militao in the forty sixth minute. So, so Real Madrid had to make a, a couple of uh, necessary measures, and you know, Vinicius Junior came out of the game in the eightieth minute and was actually uh, was actually replaced by Rodrigo. So. So Carlo Ancelotti was, you know, really kind of like, you know, taking the serious approach, you know, like that, you know, to kind of keep the rhythm improve and, you know, to kind of, kind of give all the players a little bit of, uh, you know, to keep give the players, you know, keep shake off the rust and keep them motivated because Real Madrid, Real Madrid, excuse me, Real Madrid are the defending champions, so, so and Real Madrid wants to defend the title to the best of their ability and. And for them to defend their title to the best of their ability, the the best the only way they do it is to win the title again, is to retain it. That's the best way Real Madrid defends the title. They defend the title, they retain it. That's that's how Real Madrid wants to wants to be like. That's kind of how they have always been. So, anyway, well, it's good to see like you know Federico Valverde you know provided an assist in in one of the goals. So pretty interesting right there. Looking at the details as well. Hmm. You know, Luka Modric scored his goal without an assist. So, yeah, Federico Valverde provided the assist to Vinicius Jr., you know, much like in the Champions League final. And Eden, Eden Azal, you know, made it 3-0 to zero in the 77th minute with an assist from Carvajal. So, you know, saying 
A total of six shots on target for Real Madrid and converting it three times and four shots on target for Celtic and failing to convert each each uh, each and every one of them. So, yeah, it was definitely a, a bit of a tough day. And, of course, there was a little bit of consequences. But, you know, the Korean Benzema injury should not be such a significant impact. You know, basically Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo, Eden Azar. I mean, I, I'm not sure who's basically going to be going to be put in in, in the uh, that striker in the Benzema position. I would not be surprised if it was Eden Azar. I mean, Eden Azar, if 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 he replaces Benzema as a starter, then you know actually plays respectably. Well, I mean, even though it's too late, I mean we we've, we've waited for so long for this to happen. I mean, I would say at least at least Eden Azar is you know doing something you know like that. At least at least he's providing a positive service, and you know we can be thankful at the end of the day and. And then rather than think of the negatives of all the injuries and the, the lack of the production from Eden Azal ever since he arrived in the club in 2019, you know, rather than worry about that, we can worry about he's, what he's do, about what he's doing while, you know, Benzema is out injured. So. so we'll have to wait and see. I'm constantly worrying about Chuameni and Kamavinga because obviously they're still learning. But, you know, I, I really see Kamavinga and Chuameni as the future of the French national team, especially in the midfield position. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Kamavinga did end up coming in and play, so maybe I shouldn't worry too much. I mean, Kamavinga's still developing, everything like that. You know, he's making tremendous progress, and I know that Carlo Ancelotti knows exactly what he's doing. So, so while I'm worried, I trust, I do trust Carlo Ancelotti, and most of all, I trust Aurélien Chouameni as well as Eduardo Kamavinga. So, that's that. <sighs> Man. Oh. All these, you know, interesting uh, like notes right there from Opta Joe. So, so Real Madrid's win, you know, certainly very, very good, and they gotta keep they gotta keep it up. And, uh, and I'm concerned in the match day two, which starts uh, next week, as I mentioned earlier. Real Madrid plays RP Leipzig, and RP Leipzig's result that was certainly interesting. But uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Moving back to here. Well, you know what? Let's talk about that one next because RP Leipzig lost at home to Shakhtar Donetsk 4-1. 4-1. RP Leipzig loses to that small club 4-1 at home. Okay? Timur Werner and Christopher Nkuku were both in the starting lineup. And, you know, I mean, uh, it's been... I, mean, I don't even know what to say. Just you know, an absolute disaster. Just an absolute disaster. It was, so you know, RP RP Leipzig. Leipzig. Yeah, I mean, they could still turn it around, but you know, playing Real Madrid next and the game actually being um, in the Spanish capital. I mean, Real Madrid's certainly going to want to certainly going to want to get the job done. And of course, Benzema won't be there. Won't be there, but uh, Real Madrid will certainly be ready to go. They're playing to play RP Leipzig, so as far as RP Leipzig goes, I don't even know what to say, honestly, but they got their asses kicked. But now we get to Paris Saint-Germain and Juventus. Well, I guess this is where PSG supporters are kind of looking at me and saying, look at that, PSG just beat a top, just beat a big club. Yeah, they beat Juventus, but let's be honest, is Juventus really that good? I mean, no, not really. But the bottom line is, they beat a big club. But they did they beat a good club. Nope, PSG did not, but I'm still not going to take the win away. PSG winning 2-1. to one. Well, you know, Kylian Mbappe scoring a brace, you know, w within the first 23 minutes of the game. I mean, that opening goal in the, in the, in the fifth minute, 
by Kylian Mbappe. That was an absolute thing of freaking beauty right there. <laughs> you know, and, and of course, you know how how ironic is that these that the goal had an assist. It's even more well. The goal and assist, but the ironic part is the fact that the assist came from Neymar. And then you think of, you know, the problems that, the, the supposed problems, you know, the, the, the strained relationship between Mbappe and Neymar. And I would say, well, if they're playing together and they were able to win, you know, their opening game, you know, in Champions League against Juventus, then hopefully that, that might change in the future. But, you know, and it's interesting, you know, both goals, uh, even if both Mbappe goals has an assist, the first one was from Neymar and the other one was from Ashraf Hakimi. But, <coughs> excuse me. But I should mention, PSG had six shots on target, but only made only made two counts. So, you know, on a positive note, you know, Juventus when they made, when they cut the lead to two to one in the fifty third fifty third minute, it was certainly great to see Weston McKinney score for Juventus. So, uh, you know, but Juventus kind of saved in the game. You know, when, with Juventus, you know, cutting the lead in the fifty third minute, I was I felt pretty sure that Juventus, you know, certainly had a big chance to. Uh, Possibly maybe going for an equalizer or like like that. So PSG kind of had it to up up the tempo a little bit, but PSG was able to hold on. And you know, for PSG's case, I mean that's what matters. But more goals certainly would have been uh, great to see. But unfortunately, we didn't see uh, much goals. I would have loved to see Kylian Mbappe put up a hat trick. Now I do feel like because Neymar and Messi, along with Mbappe, they all three started. We we should have seen a minimum of four goals, but. You know, of course, this brings up the fact, you know, despite all these players, you know, not all the goals being scored, it's, uh, it's kind of justify the claims from earlier, but, uh, well, it is what it is, right? It simply is what it is. <laughs> and 92% pass accuracy from Paris Saint-Germain. Man, can't really deny that, but I want to take a deeper look at the stats. You know, PSG had two big chances missed. I mean, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. But Juventus had one chance of their own that was missed. And, you know, look at the interceptions. I mean, definitely some very solid defending from both sides. I mean, 12 clearances by Juventus and 10 by Paris Saint-Germain. A combined seven saves by both goalkeepers and 11 interceptions by PSG's defense and eight by... Um, by Juventus, so you know the game was, was a, the game was an effort. I mean, in you in Juventus's case, this was a losing effort. Yeah, I mean, especially the way the game went. I mean, the game you know was still you know in the fifty third minute. I mean, we really had a game there, and I really thought that the tempo would only intensify, but it didn't. It it didn't so much as well do that. But I still feel like the game was great. So. You know, of course, you know, me talking to my dad and, you know, me and my dad being so critical of Paris Saint-Germain and like that. And I, and, I, and I said to myself, and I said to myself, to my dad, I'm like, you know, Juventus may not be that great, but you know what? Against PSG, never rule out anybody. Don't even rule out Juventus. So, you I mean, especially when, when Juventus scored, you know, cut the lead in half, you know, in the 53rd minute. I'm like, well, there you go. You, you, see, you see what I mean? Because my dad was actually watching the game. I was, I was actually watching, I was moving back and forth, I was actually doing some podcast work and doing like that and also taking care of things around the house, so, so basically I, I told my dad, no, you sit down, you relax, you enjoy your nice drink, you watch the game, I'll take care of, what I'll take care of things, whatever you need me to take care of, I'll take care of and I'll watch at the same time, so, just kind of me being, uh, you know, me being the good son that I am, so, anyway, 
So last one from uh from from part one of the of match day one, uh, Salzburg and Milan fighting to a draw. You know, Giroud was in the starting lineup, but unfortunately, uh, sad as me to say that Giroud did not score a goal. But but the other like the, the superstar, Rafael Liao, man, <laughs> that dude provided the assist. But of course, you know Olivier Giroud. Recently, in the recent uh, Milan Derby, I mean, Giroud actually had a hell of a game, so... So Giroud is still going strong, you know, but Giroud, like many other athletes, in Giroud's case, age is just a number, so... So Olivier Giroud did, did start in the match, but was, uh... He was substituted out in the, 50, in the 57th minute. Uh, he, he, was, he was actually, uh, believe it or not, he was actually replaced by, uh... By Serginio Dest, so... Yeah. Hm. It's good to see that, but kind of a dull game from that one, so anyway. So that that's the that's the basically from uh September sixth. Now we go to today's today's games now. Now today's games now, th now <laughs> I talked about the surprises from match day from the from um well this is all match day one, but from like from uh, September sixth, now we got to September seventh. I mean we start off with Ajax obliterating the Rangers 4-0. We see Sporting obliterating Eintracht Frankfurt on the road 3-0. <laughs> and then you see Bayern Munich you know, beat Inter Milan on the road 2-0. And it doesn't even end there. Napoli destroying Liverpool 4-1. 4-1, guys. 4-1. And I should mention... That going into half, going into halftime, the score was four to zero. Four to zero in Napoli's favor. So y'all know, y'all know what I said to myself, honestly. You know, Thomas Tuchel being fired, you know, from position, and then Liverpool, who's actually been playing, you know, not well at all. I mean, so then I actually tweeted because I actually mentioned this in the previous episode. Is Jurgen Klopp next? Is he the next that's going to be sacked? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, Liverpool might not be happy right now with the results, but... But, you know, I, I really felt like this was the same situation for Chelsea because in Liverpool's case, y'all, firing Jurgen Klopp would certainly be considered a last resort. But then again, I would have, I would have said the same thing about Chelsea, but apparently Chelsea went ahead and fired Coach T. Alright. <laughs> as far as Liverpool goes, I mean, I'm super curious to know the thoughts of my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams. And since I know he'll be listening, I'm sure he's definitely going to give me, uh, he's going to deliver his deliver a verdict. And I'll be, sh and I'll be sure, uh, when he does, I'll be, sh I'll be sure to share it here on, on the show. But, oh yeah. I mean, Liverpool, check this out. Liverpool have conceded the first goal in five games in all competitions this season. The joint most of any Premier League side along with Southampton. <laughs> Check this out. After a run of 150 matches without giving away a penalty in all competitions for Liverpool, Virgil van Dijk has given away two penalties in his last seven appearances for Liverpool. Oh, boy. Uh, it's just... Uh, Liverpool just cannot catch a break right now. I mean, I mean, check this out. 
Liverpool have suffered their heaviest defeat by any English Premier League side in their opening game of a UEFA Champions League game since Arsenal lost 3-0 to Inter Milan in the 2003-2004 tournament. Today was Liverpool's joint heaviest defeat overall in the competition. <laughs> and of course, you know, after Joe put, they put a picture, they got Jurgen Klopp, you know, expressing his discontent. And it seems that he's talking to Mohamed Salah. And Mohamed Salah is, you know, st- you know th- they're expressing his disappointment. It's, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I know, know, talking about Joe again, I know that Joe now, he has a huge smile on his face of me talking about this game. (laughs) But man, just (laughs) bad luck for Liverpool, right? But Liverpool, you know, although I should mention, you know, looking at the lineup or even looking at the bench, I was surprised to see a couple of names actually back in there. Well... You know, Darwin Nunez was in. I mean, he didn't end up coming in the game. Now, Nunez is, is that, that suspension for that headbutt. I mean, that, that's Premier League play, so it, it did not go into a Champions League play. But, you know, Thiago Alcantara was in the was in the uh, on the bench as, as, along with Diogo Jota. And, and interestingly enough, Thiago and Diogo Jota both end up entering the game. So, but uh, all the good that did to Liverpool. So... Now take a look at these deeper stats. <clears throat> well, I even uh, you know, it's really not good at all for Liverpool. I mean, Liverpool had seven shots on target. Although Napoli had nine shots on target. I mean, that inflicting that pressure. I mean, Napoli still could have you know done a lot more, lot more damage. I mean. Right now, Liverpool is just Liverpool is just lucky not to be at the bottom of, of of the group right now. Right now, that the Rangers, the Scottish club, the Rangers are, and Ajax is on top. So, you know, based on how, how things could, I mean, we could very. I mean, you know, I said this at the beginning. Ajax could, you know, Ajax can't be counted out. I mean, Ajax could certainly pull off the upset and win the group. And right now, you know, if things if things keep going, if Ajax keeps winning, Ajax might as well win the could actually win the group. But now I'm thinking, could you imagine? If Ajax and Napoli both finish in second and Liverpool is relegated to the Europa League, <laughs> that would be bad news, but I'm not sure if I see that happening. But then again, I've, I've said it for weeks and weeks, Liverpool is going to kick out. Liverpool is going to pull through. It hasn't happened yet. So now the question is, if it's going to happen, when the hell is it going to happen? Honestly, folks, I don't even know. I don't even know because Liverpool is such a mess right now. At this point, the motivation is badly affected. The passion. I mean, I mean the the teamwork, the trust among the teammates. I mean, there's tensions right now. I mean, we saw that in the Manchester United game. I mean, there's, there's a bit of tensions between the players. I mean, we saw that deal with with uh, with Virgil Van Dyke. I forgot who who the, who the other player was, but but y'all know y'all know what I mean. It was uh, James Milner. That was it. We saw the we saw that confrontation, the tense confrontation between Van Dyke and Milner in that game against Manchester United. I mean, the harmony among the players right now it's basically kind of at risk. And you know, and we don't we, we don't even know if if the recovery process is even gonna, is even going to happen. I mean, if it does, I mean, who knows? I mean, the bottom line is Liverpool is is just an absolute mess, and I don't even know. I mean, first of all, I should say I don't even know when the issue is going to be resolved, but I, I, sh- I should honestly say I don't even know if it's going to be resolved this season. I mean, it's, it's going to take some time, obviously, so. Hmm. You know, I should mention, you know, for Nat and Napoli, the game, you know, um, 
you know, a certain player uh, scored in the, in, a, in the 44th minute. I mean, you know, Giovanni Simeone has scored on his UEFA Champions League debut. Hmm. You know, it's funny they mentioned you know, his dad, who of course is Diego Simeone, uh, a certain a certain manager that my good friend, my mentor Steve Adams, is definitely not a fan of. You know, but they also mentioned that Diego Simeone also scored on his debut in the competition, you know, back in 1996. So, hmm. Well, congratulations to Giovanni Simeone on on scoring, you know, on scoring on his Champions League on his Champions League debut. I mean, that's actually pretty. Uh, that's actually that's very uh, very respectable, you know. Giovanni Simeone, you know, twenty seven years old. He's actually on loan right now on Napoli from from a club known as Hellas Verona, which is also in Italy. So, and I don't really know anything about Giovanni uh, Simeone. I mean, of course, he's been playing for a bunch of clubs. So, obviously, he's making his Champions League debut because he's playing for you know Napoli. So. So you know, so congrats, congratulations to him. And as far as Liverpool goes, uh, uh, I don't even know what to say. But kind of looks like I- Ajax probably has no intention of relinquishing any- anything. So if Ajax can beat Liverpool, if Ajax can avoid losses, to Liverpool, Ajax is definitely gonna w- is definitely gonna win the group. So anyway, you now moving on to Bayern Munich and Inter Milan. I mean. Really, not much to say, but you know, Bayern Munich, you know, picking up the win. But you know, of course, you know, Barcelona picking up their win against uh, Victoria Plezen. I hope, I hope I'm saying that right. You know, winning five to one. So, should mention that in match day number two, Bayern Munich is taking on Barcelona in Munich. So, that's the game to be keeping an eye out on. Let's look a little bit deeper about Inter Milan and Bayern Munich. I mean, Leroy Sané put Bayern Munich in front and. In the 25th minute, but in the 66th minute, Bayern Munich's lead doubled because of an own goal scored by Danilo D'Ambrosio. So, kind of feel like the game was a bit dull. I mean, nine shots on target for Inter Milan, a total of 11 for Bayern Munich. Yeah, so the game was was definitely dull. But I should mention that... <clears throat> I should mention Robert Lewandowski actually scored a hat-trick for Barcelona in, in, the, in their game, so... But you know, seeing that you know, like you know, for Leroy Sané scored his tenth Champions League goal for Bayern Munich, so <laughs> good to see on that. But as far you know, for Barcelona, you know, Robert Lewandowski is the first player to score a UEFA Champions League hat trick for three different clubs. One was Dor- Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund; the other, Bayern Munich, and now Barcelona. So, so we're definitely seeing some you know records, you know, some records being established. So. So not much to say about Bayern Munich and Inter Milan, but Bayern Munich is, you know, really wants to avenge from what happened to them in, in last season's tournament, and as does Barcelona. But now we get to Atletico Madrid and Porto. Now, how in the hell did this happen? Nobody saw this ending coming. Three goals. Three goals scored in stoppage time after the 90th minute? Who in the absolute hell would have ever predicted that? I sure as hell would not, never have anticipated such a situation. But it happened. It happened. Atletico Madrid and versus Porto is only the second match in Champions League history to see three goals scored in the 90th minute or later. This actually... Wait, this also happened last year? Atletico Madrid and Porto? In December of last year, we'll all be damned. 
I'll be damned, because I actually do not remember that. Ugh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. That, that, must, that, must, that must have been the one on December 7th. Yeah, okay, there we go. Yeah, now I see it, yeah. 90th minute, um... <laughs> yeah, it was Atletico Madrid won on the road 3-1. to one When, you know, I remember there was that brawl when three players were sent off. Yannick Carrasco was sent off in the 67th minute, and then Porto had two more players sent off, you know, soon, and... Ugh, I mean, three goals being scored in the 90th minute. So, so how ironic it is that it happens again almost a year later. <laughs> I mean, Atletico Madrid takes the lead in the in the first minute of, of the stoppage time after 90 minutes. Five minutes later, a penalty is a penalty is given. Porto equalizes, and then just a few minutes later, in the 11th minute of stoppage time, none other than Antoine Griezmann gives Atletico Madrid the freaking win. <laughs> You know, it's just sad because when I was doing this episode, the highlights had not been fully developed yet. But I'm like, you know what? I, I got to get the show going because I got to. I'm actually preparing to, to make an appearance for uh, our tribals as college football. So I'm kind of on a tight schedule. So I had to hurry up and make this show to the best of my ability, even though I have the highlights. But man. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. <laughs> and seeing the picture that Opta used, I mean, I'm just like. Oh, the goal that Antoine Griezmann made me, I mean, I, I just cannot wait to see it, but I should imagine that this this happens like, like that. I mean, what are the odds? Because, again, Atletico Madrid versus Porto is only the second match in Champions League history to see three goals scored in the 90th minute or later after Porto versus Atletico Madrid in December of last year. Unbelievable. Just absolutely Unbelievable. <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The final match I want to talk to you about, though, is Tottenham versus Olympique de Marseille. Wow. Uh, I was really hoping that somehow Marseille would somehow pull off the upset, but, uh, well, it didn't happen. But, I mean, the game was tied at 0-0 for most of the game until Richard Leeson, you know, scored in the 76th minute only to make add another one about five minutes later. You know... In the early, in the two minutes within this, in the, the second half, Marseille went down one guy after a straight red card, I believe it was. So, you know, Marseille only had one shot on tar- only one shot on target, while Tottenham had two. So, so good on Tottenham that they had two shots on target and they made both of them count. So, and Marseille had had more longer ball possession, had more passes. So, I mean, Marseille, I mean, only one shot on target and nine shots total. I mean, Marseille just really could not really put themselves in such a position to where they can threaten. But they had one shot on target, but they could not make it count. And Tottenham had only had two, and they made them both count. So so Tottenham was a better team, but but this was a fighting effort for Tottenham, no doubt. And Marseille's, you know, but now I see, you know, Sporting, Sporting is on top of the group with Tottenham in second and Marseille in third. And because Antoine Frankfurt conceded three goals, I mean, you know, they're with a negative, negative three goal differential, they're at the bottom of the group, but... Marseille is really going to have to pick up the pace. So, anyway, so I'll take a look at the standings before I take away, take a look at the next game. So you got Ajax and Napoli, you know, on top of Group A with Liverpool in third, and the Rangers at the bottom. Atletico Madrid is on top of Group B with Club Bruges right under them, and Porto, you know, being in third, and Leverkusen being in being at the bottom. Right now, Barcelona is on top of Group C. 
thanks to their uh, brilliant, you know, five to one win and you know scoring the five goals and Bayern Munich is right above them and Inter Milan's in third. Sporting C- Sporting, like I said, is on top with Tottenham and Marseille right at the bottom. Marseille's in third. Dynamo Zagreb is on top with AC Milan right, right under them and Salzburg in third with Chelsea at the bottom. And believe it or not, Real Madrid is not on top of Group F. Shakhtar Donetsk is, you know, because of the, the goal differential because, you know, Shakhtar scored four goals while Real Madrid scored three, but Shakhtar conceded one and Real Madrid did not. They kept a clean sheet, but that's going to change. And not surprisingly, Manchester City is on top, you know, like that with Dortmund right, right under them, kind of like the way I would I envisioned. And believe it or not, PSG is not on top of Group H. Benfica is, and PSG is right under them with Juventus in third. So that's just you know that's just it into game one, and, and like I said, it's gonna it's gonna change soon. So so look at the matches uh, day two out of six. Well, at least the interesting ones. You know, Sporting CP will be hosting Tottenham. The Rangers will be hosting Napoli, and Liverpool will be hosting Ajax. So Ajax, so basically both clubs are in a situation where they cannot lose this game. So this is going to see who's going to want it more. But if Liverpool cannot resolve the issues, and I don't think they're going to be able to resolve it within the next five days, I think Ajax might actually pull off the win. I mean, could you imagine if Ajax pulls off the win, but if Ajax wins like 3-0? to zero? Imagine that. They win th- if, if that were to happen, Liverpool would be... 0-2 to start the Champions League in a goal differential of negative 6 because that's one goal scored and then that's that's 7 goals conceded. That is a negative 6 goal differential if my math is correct. Liverpool would, I mean, then I would, then I would, and then I would post it on Twitter. If that were to happen, I would go on Twitter and say, so, uh, is Jurgen Klopp next? I don't know. We'll see, but... Uh, but, I mean, Ajax is, is coming in strong, and we'll have to see how things go. But then we get to Bayern Munich versus Barcelona in Munich. Well, Robert Lewandowski makes his return to Munich, but this time he's, he's on the opposition. I would not be surprised if Barcelona actually pulled off the win, to be honest. I would not be surprised if Robert Lewandowski, if he returns to Munich, and then he has the brilliant homecoming himself, and Bayern Munich is left angry and frustrated. And then we get to Marseille and Eintracht Frankfurt. And this is going to be in Marseille. Honestly, I kind of feel like Marseille is going to have to get it together. Because I want Marseille to make it to the knockout stage. But Eintracht Frankfurt, as we know, won the Europa League last season. They don't want to go from winning the Europa League to finishing at the bottom of, of, their, of their thingy and you know not even going to the Europa League. They don't want to go from winning the Europa League to basically being... Throw it out of the Champions League in the most humiliating and, and terrible fashion. So, uh, Atletico Madrid's got a match against Leverkusen on the road, so that shouldn't be a problem for Atletico Madrid. Celtic and Shakhtar Donetsk ought to be interesting, and we'll see how, if Celtic can actually. Celtic's gonna be on the road, so Shakhtar Donetsk would certainly love to keep the winning to basically keep it alive. Uh, AC Milan versus Dynamo Zagreb. It would be amazing if Dynamo Zagreb goes from beating Chelsea to beating AC Milan on the road, wouldn't it? And then imagine you got Chelsea versus RB Salzburg. Well, well, we don't even know what, what situation Chelsea's going to be in, but uh, but it's, it's, it, but I'm I'm willing to give Chelsea the win on this one, and I might be taking a risk, but I'm still willing to give Chelsea the win. Then we got Real Madrid versus RP Leipzig. That's certainly interesting, but 
I think Real Madrid, Real Madrid is definitely can definitely win it, but RP Leipzig is. They're not gonna let what they're not gonna let Real Madrid do to them what uh, Shakhtar Donetsk did to them. Then I wouldn't be surprised if Real Madrid said too bad it's gonna happen anyway. Not Sevilla on the road against uh, Copenhagen, Benfica on the road against Juventus. You got PSG on the road against Maccabi Haifa. And finally, check this out. We talked about Bayern Munich and Barcelona. And this time, we also got Manchester City hosting Dortmund. Mm. Well, if one if one player is going to make his return to the city, I mean, the other one is going to have to wait. Is going to have to wait a little bit longer, right? <laughs> that's it. So that's all going to take place next week. And when all the games happen, I will certainly be back to recap. And quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot wait because who knows just what the heck is going to happen between now and the, and the end of match day number two. So that's going to be it. But before I let you all go, I'd like to proudly remind you that Into the Net FC is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as Major League Soccer and European Soccer. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, use Internet FC's link in the description, start shopping, and take advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans out there, WWEShop.com is now part of the Fanatics experience. So if you're looking to shop at WWEShop.com, use NFC's link in the description, start getting your pro wrestling merch, and take advantage of the best deals out there. And finally, NFC is proudly brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Paramount+, Plus allows you to stream the Champions League, the Europa League, and the Europa Conference League. Plans start at $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. If you subscribe now, you can even get a free trial. So if you're looking to sign up, just find the link in NNFC's description, set up your account, and start binge-watching soccer as well, as well as your favorite shows immediately. And NNFC is available to you on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.